parties. Um, just uh, getting to meet new people and kind of things like that. Okay. I'm an extrovert. Here you go. Let's see if these work. Amber, wait, Chico State, what would what you like about parties? Um, they're fun. They're fun. Yes. Okay, that's good. I'm Jordan, and I technically go to Butte College, which is next to Chico. Butte College, okay. And uh, I like the food. You like mm. the food, okay, very cool. Brett, just feel free, man. Just stretch out, you know. If <laughs> you start storing, we'll throw the bottle at so, you. So, wait, <laughs> your name again? Jordan. Jordan, okay. And you are our singer for this morning. No, our announcer for this morning. And you did a great job. Yes. I couldn't tell. Er, er, say again. Brittany. Brittany. Or what do you like about parties? Forcing. Yeah. What's your name? Kevin. Kevin. What's the question, guys? David, unified. Okay. I was going to say alcohol, but then I remember what group we're in. So, <laughs> uh, I like connecting people. I like to go to parties and meet someone and go, oh, come here. And I connect them over there. I think that's just fun. That is cool. That's cool. And Brett, where are you from? I'm from Nebraska. From Nebraska. Yeah. 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 Brett is one of our speakers for the week, but we get the privilege that he and Mary, his wife, are here for the whole week. And they came over to Spain and to Germany to our connection groups um, last May. So that, not, not they, but he yeah. did with Jeremy, who's also on staff with him. And um, he's led Christian Challenge for a long time in Nebraska. They've never seen Nebraska, so. 
Well, one of the things I like about parties, I'm Martha, and I live in Germany, but work with our connection group, which is sort of like Challenge in Spain and Germany. And one of the things I like about parties is playlists of music. But it's not because I have the coolest playlist, but because it's also a way to get someone else involved, because you say, I mean, you have a really cool eclectic music selection. And you go, yeah. Well, would you like to do, like, bring some music for a party? So we kind of made the mistake. We delegated it, like, a couple parties ago to this one guy, Lars. And it wasn't a mistake in that way. But he thought he had to bring, like, these all the boxes and everything. So, I mean, he's, like, unloading this, this box full of all the equipment. And I was thinking, okay, holy cow, that kind of equipment, what it's going to put out in this apartment, I have neighbors. <laughs> so, and I was like, huh, I don't know if we want that much output, you know. So you, we have had problems where we have potential for a lot of volume, but we don't have that space to be able to take advantage of that. And because people do like to talk at parties sometimes, we tone it down a little bit, so. But, okay. Well, um, I gave you guys a handout, and um, I'm gonna just encourage you guys to relax, and I'm gonna stand because I like to move around. <laughs> and so I used to be a high school teacher for two years, so that definitely got me in the, you know, whatever, teaching thing or whatever. Um, but you're going to see some pictures tomorrow. I wish I had a way to like, show you some pictures. Oh, I guess there was a way to show you some pictures. Okay, I didn't know, I didn't know how that worked. But anyway, um, but we do a lot of parties. But we're not just going to talk about parties. We're going to talk about ways to connect people, kind of like Brett said. And, you, you know, different people said, you like, I like people at parties. I like excitement. And so there's a lot of things that you can do that create a sense of adventure or fun or excitement or connecting people or um, meeting new people, but it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, a party. Do you mean like, like 45 or do you mean 100 or could it be 12? And so that it's not necessarily the numbers, but, it's, but we're going to talk about taking people from individual relationships and putting them into um, relationships together. Um, so I'm going to pray to start us off. Father, I just thank you so much for these people from Nebraska and Butte and Chico and L.A. And I just pray, God, that you would bond our hearts, you give us great ideas that we can carry back to our worlds, our campuses, our work. Um, and that the end result would be that people come to know you, Father, in Christ's name, amen. Okay. Um, we have an illustration, and it's on your handout, I believe on this like, second page, and it's an upside-down triangle. And what we have on the upside down triangle is a way that we, and you may have something really, really similar, that we kind of show movement within our group. And it looks lots more structured than if you were in, if you're in a ministry like Challenge, you probably, it's the same thing, but you may not call it this. And it, you may go, well, I don't think it's that structured. Because if you're an outsider coming in, you don't see that it has like direction. But, and so it's actually kind of scattered. But actually it does have direction. And we have four levels, and the four levels that we use, and the way that we, you know, you may use it differently, but the way that we use it is the crowd, the core, the challenge, and the coach, or coaches. And so the crowd, it, what we're trying to do, we're trying to get people to move from here to here, and here to here, et cetera, and maybe, maybe a coach, and then of course people, all these levels going back and pulling people back through, you could say like a filter. And one of the things that, um, again, just explain crowd. Crowd is 
evangelism. So proudest things on the area, on the, on the scale of evangelism are meeting new people. Um, Lindsay, mm -hmm. are we good there? Everything right now is, yes, yeah, still there. Okay, great. Um, one of the things that we do with crowd, it doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be a crowd. So just imagine the crowd being all the people that you and your friends in your ministry know. So that's the crowd. So it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, did that event have 50 people at it? But just the idea of all the people that we could know through putting up posters, through our Facebook site, our website, through friendships, through the person sitting next to you in your lab, through doing a big event, through handing out flyers on campus or a contact table or posters or, or whatever you do, a raffle, I know you guys have done up at Chico. Whatever you're doing to meet new people or to take the relationships that you already have to the next level, but all in the area of evangelism. So we're gonna talk basically about this area today. But, and so even though I said let's party, like I said, it doesn't all have to be just parties, but it's taking people in that crowd area and my goal that we're not going to talk about today, unless you want to later, but the, my goal in the crowd is to move them down to the core level. And the core level, just so you know, are things that involve Bible. So crowd is not necessarily Bible. Although you may say, well, I did a survey on campus and we used a track. Or I had a gospel appointment with somebody. And you would say, well, I don't know if that's really core, that's more the crowd level. Um, you have the Bible, but maybe on a more one-on-one -on -one thing, but not in an official event way necessarily, the Bible. So really where the Bible comes into play, where, where there's a Bible study, where people are interacting with God's word, there's an edge group, there's a Bible discussion group, whatever you call it, that would be on the crowd level. And our goal there is that believers and non-believers or not yet Christians, NYCs, would come together in something core. Or it could be a retreat. You could say, no, when we go on a retreat or we go away for a weekend or excursion or whatever, one of the goals of that is a little bit of Bible, or maybe a lot of Bible, like this, this kind of event, but people get exposed to God's word and to relationships with believers and non-believers sharing the same space for a while. So whether it's sharing the same space one evening, or you know, every Saturday, and then, you know, because we're on the rowing team or whatever, but if it's involving Bible, then that would be core. And then challenge would be discipleship, and then coaches would be your interns or your staff, the people that are training, okay? Do you have, you kind of know where I'm going so far? Do you have any questions on that? Okay. Well, let me talk to you what I've seen people do, and whether this is people that are working overseas in ministry, uh, they could have gone to seminary. They could be um, maybe, you know, for years in a ministry situation, and I've seen people not get this. And so I'm going to give you what I have seen really, really works, and where God has really moved. And it's interesting because the way that God wires this, and I ask you guys, what do you like about a party? There should be something about it that you like. I will say I do get stressed before an event, and you would think, oh, but you love parties, and you're all about parties. But I really do get stressed, and I really can be like the freak out person in the kitchen that like everybody else being in the kitchen send Martha out. I, it can be that way. But there are things that I like about the party, and so that's why I keep doing them. And one of the things that, that, that I said is I like the music. Um, but what I've seen people do is what you want to do in your ministry is meet as many people as you can because you never know the reason the filter is big here and small here, not that everyone has to go on staff in a, in a ministry or do an internship at some stage, but it's smaller because people themselves exit out. They don't want anything more than a flyer on campus or they come to a pizza bash and they don't want any more or you have a good conversation with them in the dorm 
but they don't want to go to challenge on Thursday nights. You see, so they're going to kind of exit out of, so they will filter themselves out. So it's not like filter like, oh, you're such a snob. Like, who are the special ones that get to come, you know, to the next level? It's like, I'm sorry, less and less people will become involved. But the only way you're going to get more people to your Bible discussion group, your Bible study, or get them to a discipleship level or to your challenge on Thursday night, the only way you're going to get that is by knowing a whole lot more people that you invite and build a relationship with, praying that some of them will actually want to take more steps toward, toward Christ. So you want to keep your filter really wide open. You want to explore every year, what's something we haven't tried yet? What's a way that we can journey with people in a different way to meet new people? And you're like, well, you know, posters never work. Oh, really? So when did you last use posters? Mm, Ten years ago. Okay, well, you might, you know, you might want to try posters. Um, we did English clubs in, uh, in Spain. I'd never done English clubs. I worked in Germany, but we didn't do English clubs. I went to Spain. Somebody else had already started an English club, but she hadn't gotten, she hadn't gotten down to core and challenge levels yet. I thought, I'll try it, see if anybody comes, if it helps me build relationships, great. That became a crowd event for me. I'll just call it a crowd event. It wasn't like an official connection party, but it was official connection English club. We put on English club on campus or sitting on the lawn. And so um, that became a way to meet people. So you want to always keep, you know, keep your filter open. What's something that we haven't tried yet? Um, the Bible discussion group, when you're in a Bible study, every three to four weeks, you want to not always have, you don't say, well, it started the first, you know, the second week of classes, it started and it goes till the last of, you know, right before Christmas. You go, well, you want to take breaks in between. Why? Because people tend to think of starting and stopping. They might enter in, but if they feel like it's a course that they started, maybe at the beginning of the semester, although they've had a lot of success with the movable core, so if they want to be in a course and you present it like a course, like a movable core that, that Brett wrote, which is a really cool thing they, they uh, have shared um, for believers and non-believers, then that, that may work for them. But if it's a Bible study that they're like, you can come this week, but then you don't have to come for two weeks, they don't maybe get that if they enter in at the fifth week because they'll feel like, oh, I'm sure I missed something. Um, so you want to sow the, the seeds of the gospel and friendships, and you want to sow the gospel. Look where God is at work and follow up on those who show interest. But no, don't get stuck in this phase because I've seen people where they're like, well, we tried this fun thing and this fun thing and this fun thing and this fun thing, and that's where I saw people downfall. And they're, you're always... You're pulling people down to the next level. You're always assuming, I'm sure someone would want to come to a Bible study. I'm sure someone would want to come. And so I'm always trying to start a Bible study or invite the existing people in. Um, and if I don't want to invite them into whatever I'm doing, you know, my, my Thursday night group or my, my Bible study, then there's something wrong with that event if I don't think that my friends that I know would want to come. Either I need to start a new group for them, small group for them, that would encounter the Bible, or whether it's a, a film night once a month and then we talk about you know one verse that relates to that theme of the film whatever it is i'm trying to get the word into their lives um but watch out one thing i've seen is very gifted people they're like hey i shared christ with this roommate and i shared christ with this person in my lab and i shared christ with this person in this club and they're telling me or they're telling you about all the people that they met jordan and you're like really that's cool i pray for you and you're like after a while you start realizing does anybody else know these friends? Are you the only Christian? No, I'm the only Christian they know, but you know, I've known them for six months and I'm still working on her. And so really key thing is 
this is gold, you guys, you've got to connect people together with other people. So that's what it is, whether it's a birthday party or just hanging out on the weekend and going to movies with some friends, or whether it's the official challenge party, the official challenge Valentine's, let's all go into city event, you always want them to meet other friends that you have. And we're gonna talk about a little bit more about it in, in a minute. Because in a postmodern setting in particular, you don't just want you want to either go into somebody else's, um, there's a Greek word for it called oikos, which is like your household, your environment, the people you hang with. You either want to go into their people that they hang with circle, but you need more than one believer to do that, or you want to have one friend and four friends and three friends, and you pull them together and you create your own, this is cool, fun community, people that I hang with oikos happening. Um, and the, the quote that I love, and I'm sure you've heard this, is people have to belong before they believe. Have you, have you guys heard that? People have to belong before they believe. So that's going to really set the pace for the kind of events that we do. There's things about an event that's going to make it comfortable for people so they feel like they belong. Let me tell you uh, one of the things that I do at a party to make sure people belong. What makes for a good party? Uh, there's the, this, the, the quote in the Bible, we should be in the world, but not of the world. So in the world, but not of the world. So I'm not exactly trying to do a one-for-one one, um, competition with the local frat party. I don't have the budget for that. I don't want to have the alcohol for that. You know what I'm saying? So I want to have fun, but I want to be I'm in the world. I want to have super good time. I remember, I remember when I was on staff at, um, at SC with Challenge, we made like, you know, the virgin margaritas and cocktails and stuff. So if you're going to have a beach party, what a great thing. What a, you know, to get like virgin daiquiris and margaritas and whatever, whatever we did, you know. Um, so you could have some fun cocktail drinks, but they could be alcohol free. So it's not like, oh, there's the beer bust over there. You know, so you just, so people are having a good time, but you put the little tiki umbrella in it. You, look, you make it fun. You make it quality. Um, so you're in the world, but not of the world. Um, you can do a creative theme. It was interesting because, you know how I said the way that God wires you, there'd be something that you'll like about, about getting people together. It was interesting because when I was a little kid, when we'd have people over, I'd want to make it like a little bit prettier than it already was. So if it's St. Patrick's Day, I definitely want to make, well, what's one more little thing we can draw or pull out for St. Patrick's Day to make it really St. Patrick's Day meal? Or if people were coming over, I was like, I got this little book on how do you fold napkins to make it look pretty. And so my mom goes, oh, Martha, you're my little party girl. Because it was so funny because I like to have I made things a party. I wanted to make it like, oh, let's blow up a balloon. Let's make it special. And so God will wire things about you that you'll be like, I love to bake. Oh my gosh, I love to bake. But, you know, that has nothing to do with ministry. And, you know, open your eyes. It has everything to do with what God can, how God's wired you. How could you do like a cooking club? How could you do a baking club? How could you get people together and like teach them decorating on cakes? I mean, pull people together with with the way that God's wired you. So think of creative themes and games and things that go together. It doesn't have to take a lot of work, but I think if there's a little bit of a, I want to say the surprise element, like the aha, oh, you know, when people walk in, I mean, literally with just a few streamers or something, you get people that are decorating people and people walk in, they go, whoa, you know, in your apartment. And there's like, whoa, you like transformed it into like the tacky, you know, the tacky party apartment. And you go, oh, bobblehead thing in the bathroom. And, you know, and you're like, you know, the surprise element 
that without a lot of money, you can borrow things from people or whatever. You don't have to spend a hundred bucks and go to some party store. You know, people oh, party store. You can, but you need to start talking to people and you know, oh, they went on a vacation here and there. But the theme pulls something together, and I really like theme parties. Um, and what makes for a good party? It starts at the door. What are people looking for? If you walk, let's say if it's on a lawn, or let's say if it's in your apartment. What are people looking for when they walk in? They want to kind of immediately know, okay, what's kind of what's the game rules? What, what do we do here? And so if it's at my apartment, I typically say, hey, glad you're coming. Hey, you haven't been here before. Hey, of course, if I don't know them, you know, I know. Um, you've never been here before. Okay, yeah. Well, the bathroom's there because I think, you know, at some point people are like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom, you know. I go, the bathroom's there. There's like drinks and food and stuff in the kitchen. Um, I have a balcony if you want to have a smoke or get some fresh air. So I'm assuming people might want to have a smoke. They probably want to have, you know, bathroom facilities. And they need a drink in their hand. Most people need something to do with their hands. And so I want to immediately at the door let them know that's kind of what we're about. We're about food, drinking, going to the bathroom. And if you want to have a smoke, that's a cool thing. In case they're like, oh, I probably... You know, probably people don't smoke. It's like, absolutely. Like, so I just assume, and they assume they want to drink a smoke in a bathroom. Okay? Um, how do you meet friends to invite to a party? You meet friends from crowd contact things, various ways that your campus would do. And you meet things, people personally, you know, through, through your own life that you're doing on campus and stuff. So how are some ways that you guys meet people, period, to invite to your groups? that you could invite to events. How do you, how do, how are you meeting people that's the crowd? The crowd out there, 16,000, 30,000 students, 4,000 students, whatever your campus is, how do you meet those people? You and your group. People are in the same class. Who would, who would like to put some of this up on the board? Who has fun doing this? Okay, Eric, yeah. Could you just jot down, jot down a few ideas? Awesome. Okay. People are in the same classes. Same classes, okay. What else? But how do you meet them when you're in class with them? Like someone who sits next to you and like, I, I've been, my, my, both of my majors are relatively small majors, so you see a lot of the same people over and over again, so you get to know people pretty easily, so that, you're studying archaeology and environmental studies. Okay. So they're pretty small. Okay. In the grand scheme of this. Okay. Good. So and do you do you also do group projects together mm -hmm. in your classes? Things like that. Yeah. Okay. So then you're kind of forced into you've got to I'm find forced a partner. Into people anyways. Okay. Good. Good. So. What are other ways that you guys meet people? You personally or your your ministry? table, for instance. I mean, I, I read you guys' updates, but tell the whole group. Um, we do uh, raffles usually. And so that's you know, a gift card or two or one of the big raffles we do it annually at the kickoff. So we get to pick up the people. And then put them in the uh, best ticket. And then, and then we'll start talking to people kind of in the group and ask them what their major is. You know, if they, they're involved in any other groups. And we usually, I mean, I just have to ask the, what, uh, what we're doing.
you have the tabling, you have a raffle ticket, you have them sign their name, and they can check if they want to know more about challenge, so you can follow up on that, and you invite them to certain events like kickball and... Yeah, use like Very cool, very cool. What are other ways you guys meet students? We Thanks, Cody. We maintain a list of students that we get from multiple sources. And like at strategic times during the year, we recontact those students. With, we have a phone, what do we call it? We go to somebody's house, we get people, we have a script, we make phone calls. Oh, wow. Two or three hundred people oh, wow. on their cell phone saying, Miss so and so, have you found a group on campus you indicated you were interested? And if they had, then it's like, great, we'll keep going. You're not getting called again. But if they haven't, then we say we're having a party Friday night in a dorm. And for these parties, we try to have them in a dorm lounge so that it's not threatening to go to someone's house. Uh -huh. And so, It'll be in the lounge, there's gonna be pizza and this, we're gonna have games and it's gonna start at such and such and the pizza will be there at eight. We kind of try to make it as safe as possible. They know what's going on and that's in the script that's written out. And it's amazing, you know, six people can call cell phones and uh, speak to people or leave a message, 200 in an hour. Mm. It, it wow. doesn't take that much time, really. Wow. Because you don't have in-depth conversations, it's more like, uh, and there are a lot of lonely students mm -hmm. that are just in their rooms, they haven't met anybody. This is especially good in January when the semester starts again, mm -hmm. because they're coming back to school and it's like, oh my gosh, is it going to be the same old, same old, and they're open to change. you got to be sensitive when that window of opportunity opens and closes. Mm -hmm. Figure out what, when that is on your campus. When you go back after spring break, you ought to see if the window is open because of spring break and oh my gosh, you know, I never want to do that again type thing. A lot of people lose lots of friends over spring break mm. and they're open again to something. That's good. That's good. So doing a call list, I've never tried that. Doing calls. Um, what else do you guys try? One thing that um, I do, because it is, um, it's through the people I already know, is meeting their friends that I haven't met. Um, it's, it's a big way for me to get to meet students on campus. So how do you meet their friends? Well, a lot of times Do they invite you along, or do you say, hey, invite me along, or hey, let me come over and we'll cook together, or? Yeah, a lot of times for me, it's people I'm investing in, like me and McKenna, and it's like, okay, well, let's do this thing and invite people. So I'd, I'd have them kind of get their friends that they know in their classes or things like that, whether it's a hiking thing or something like that. So Okay, very cool. I call that piggybacking. <laughs> I piggyback on other people's friendships and stuff, but yeah, very good. I think another one is, um, like, I know USC has a lot of big events, especially at the beginning of the year for freshmen and things like that. So I think going to those events and making a priority to talk to people in line um, who's standing around you and like introducing yourself, not like 
events really are like more open to um, new friends and meeting. What's like what's like a what's like a theme that you guys have had? Is it is it pizza bash or is um, there been a theme connected with it? Like the USC like USG our student government will put on like big events like at the beginning of the year I met like three or four um, freshmen at a big um, it was an Avengers movie night and they had it at the pool so ah like go like the ca a campus event the yeah campus so it's a campus wide event, event. Yeah. and then like, as people show up generally mostly freshmen will show up to those things and then sometimes transfer students and things like that so like that's always good to get around and if it's something that you're interested in too then you can connect a lot easier as well instead of you know that's good that's good and you're the insider because you're not the freshman so you're yeah. able to say, hey, have you heard about the da-da-da? Well, I should take you over there this week. We should go, and it's really cool. And So I like to follow up on relationships. Um, thank you. Okay, so what are some ingredients for a party? Um, I wrote down a few things that I, that I really like, um, that I kind of look for to make sure if I am having a theme, um, that, I, that I try to have the theme um, bleed into at least three different areas. So it could be music. If you were having like a Latin Mexican night or something, that would be a no-brainer. You'd be like, okay, what kind of music should we have? You know, pull out the playlist that's all the Latino, Mexican sounding or whatever. So you can have music that may go, may go with the theme. Decorations sometimes go with the theme. Not every theme has decorations. Like if you have a, like we've had like a black and white night you know, and black and white, and on the TV screen is an old black and white movie, and you try to have Oreos and rice and black beans and try to figure out ways <laughs> to have, you know, black and white food, everyone dresses in black and white, you know, so so you can you can do you can do costumes that may fit in with the, so not everyone likes costumes, so you have some people, they, they are all about the costume party, we just had this Halloween party, well, we didn't just, it was in, it was in October, but I mean, there were people Oh my word, it's not like the second party they've been to that evening. They got this face makeup thing and you know, it was scary and whatever, whatever, but we had, you know, we had the Halloween party. Our only stretch with that one was to really try to I was like, okay, really go really don't want super scary decorations, guys. We went kind of nice and they're like, okay, can we do spiders, but they're not evil spiders? I go, yeah, nice little spiders hanging down. So that was a little bit of a stretch because again, in the world but not of the world, you know, but it's it was I'm saying a no-brainer. People want to do something for Halloween. Not as much in, even more so in America, not as much in Germany, but they definitely know what Halloween is. So you could call it, you know, whatever, but you knew people would come on a Halloween for that. So it could be costume, music, decorations, food and drinks. Again, if it's a Mexican night, then you're going to do, you know, some, some food and drinks that would fit with that. Um, and then the last one is um, a game. And um, I think Cody said he likes games. Do you actually like... Do you like helping with the games, or what do you? Games. You like playing <laughs> games. Okay. Well, definitely. The, but you said one key thing: you don't want to like pressure people into obligatory games. Definitely, we'll have people like they're going to hang out in the kitchen, or they're going to look through the doorway and see people play. I would never make somebody play a game because it, the the goal of the game is not to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> so, um, but the, the, there's something about the games that I try to do. I do group games. By group games, I don't mean Pictionary where you have 15 people and 15 people. You do not meet other people through that group game. It's a fun game. It's nothing wrong with the game. 
like you mentioned Bunko, I know we played Bunko before. Bunko, you do meet people because you may have a little interaction for just a few minutes before you switch tables or they switch tables. So, but something that you're going to meet other people better. So I do a lot of team things. We figure out some reason and it's gonna be, uh, we did like a, a Christmas party and they had to write they had to write a Christmas poem and it had to have certain ingredients in the poem. Now Germans are known, it's the land of poets, so they are definitely poets. So not everybody can do that. And of course you would go, well, do you think four people can come up with a poem? No. Of course there's interaction, maybe there's one or two that'll do it more. But you get people with four or five in teams, or where you do the snowman thing, where you take the toilet paper, do the snowman. <laughs> but you go, but, but that wasn't an interaction thing. No, it, it's not about you're telling them what to talk about, but it's like they had to team up to do something and then you made sure, because maybe I came with my friend McKenna and I've literally seen people come to a party and they're sitting over this corner, I'm like, you're still, they're still sitting with that one person they came with, they're at the party, but they're not interacting with people. So you wanna make sure at least four people, you know, three, four, five that are in a team and one of your teams is your judges because you get some people like, Ooh, they, they wouldn't want to play, but they're like, oh, it's cool to be the judges. And they come up with this list of criteria. I mean, if you're in Germany, you're like, well, you get four points for this, three points for this, two points for this, you know, and they call it out, and you have a prize and whatever. But that's really fun is to do, you don't want to do it too late that everybody's starting to leave. You're like, oh, wait, it's 10.30, let's play the game, you know? But you don't want to do it right at the beginning. The, the other thing I've heard about games that people would say, well, no, Martha, I don't think we should do the game because I think people are having fun. They seem like they're all good right now. And I go, I hope they're good, but I don't know what people maybe haven't met other people in the room. Um, and again, because I think that'll be an extra, they're gonna tell somebody, if it's a really, if it's a cute game, they're gonna tell people like, oh, that was like the lamest, that was the lamest prize. I can't imagine they made us stand up there with these CD things with this ribbon around it for the Olympics night. But yeah. the pictures get on Facebook and it gets a lot of hits, you know? So it's not, I mean, I say lame, like in a lame way, like, oh, so lame. Yeah, look at my 50 pictures on Facebook. I mean, you know, and, or you get, you get really cool guys, you know, and there's this beach party and you get this blow up, you know, blow up thing. And we're like, hey, let's take some, let's take some like cover photos, you know? And so they're like, you know, and they just do the craziest thing. And so I've heard that Facebook, that the, the funniest photos are the ones, you could think, those are the ones that get the most comments and those are the ones that get looked at a lot. So a lot of the, you know, and I go around, I'm like, oh, let's get a picture, you know, three people, three people, two people, two people, you know, those are okay. But the one where you take the Christmas, the Christmas Santa Claus hats, and you have about three of those and you pass them around, take it with the person doing your photography, which again is one of the jobs for someone to help at a party. When you have a party, you want to have as many jobs as possible. That's not hard to do, you know, because if it's more complicated, you go, oh, it's so complicated. Not complicated that you can't pull it off, but complicated that if you've got 12 people in your ministry, you could have 12 jobs for a party. You see what I'm saying? Or if you have seven people in your Bible study and you're going to have a, a small group party, like your seven, you know, your group is going to do something. It could be going out to a movie together. It could be doing a barbecue. It doesn't have to have like a theme. But if you decided to do something, you get, okay, who's going to get the music together? Who's going to, you know, who's going to go shopping for the burgers? Who's going to, you know, bring the salad? Who'll bring baguettes? You know, who'll make a dessert? I mean, when you start handing out food, music, games, decoration, and cleanup people, because if you've ever had a party at your place and you have all the, well, I live in, Spain, in Germany, but all the recycling stuff to take out of the house, the floor's a mess, you know, it's a good time to have 
clean up the next day if it's too late. I don't know, you know, if it's too loud for anything, it might be the next day or, or that or that night. Um, and what we've even done with really, you know, bigger parties where there's a lot going on, we've had like a kitchen crew because it's like, great, it's at my house, so I'm having to always watch, <gasps> refill the chips. Oh, do we have, oh, we ran out of glasses. Oh, where's some more forks? Oh, we ran out of plastic forks, you know. So it's like, who's responsible for that? So we would maybe even have a rotating person that you handle the kitchen. If we need to wash up as we go, or we need to refill stuff, you make sure the table always gets refilled. So that's also something you can pass around. Okay, from eight to nine, you're the kitchen person. From nine to 10, you're the kitchen person. So that's another job. We have a sign-up list that we pass around, and we've created a sign-up list for about 40 people at a party, and that we kind of know if we get three people bringing baguettes, and four people bringing drinks, and da-da-da-da-da, that we know that that works, and it's called Party Made Easy. And so we have that same list we can always print out, and we know if we've got that many people that signed up for these different things, we'll probably have enough food for the party. The other idea, again, is that belong before you believe. Do only the challenged people bring stuff to parties or organize stuff? No. When I had a, my very first Bible discussion group in Germany, um, after about, you know, it was going to be three or four weeks, and then I said, okay, we're going to break for, you know, I say a party. I'm using party. It could be a fun event, right? Dinner party. I said, okay, guys, we want to do, you know, seven or eight people there. Um, I said, we want to do something as a group, and so, like, in two weeks, we'll just do something fun. What, what would be fun for us to do? You know, do we want to, you know, go out somewhere? We want to cook? We want to So we had some ideas, and one of the law students who was an atheist, he said, we could do, like, raclette and fondue. And I was like, okay, I was raised in Florida. I have no, and this is the atheist guy. I have no idea about raclette and fondue, but I said, um, Stefan, could you organize it? If you could organize it, that'd be great. If you send a list around, like next week, we'll like, you know, everyone will sign up for stuff. And people are like, oh, I know a friend that I can borrow a fondue set from, and I have a friend, and I'm like, okay, well, you're welcome to use my place, but I have no idea, and I'll bring whatever you want. But, you know, so we split it up so you can actually have non-believers help you plan events. I've, have, I've had them plan games, as long as it's not a rude game, you know? We did, I mean, we had a blues night, jazz and blues night. We had a mystery night. People wrote the mystery that we did, and we had this mystery game, and then we blood on the floor, and then you go to the next room in the apartment and the next stage of it. I mean, we didn't get out of a box. We wrote our own, you know? So you can just do so much with people and involving NYCs, involving not yet Christians, it's our group. So why are we not planning it? Why are, why are the special elite sitting in a room and planning for them, why aren't they helping to plan events with you? Whether it's an excursion, and you're like, yeah, where would be a great place to go hiking this weekend, you know? And poll people, don't you like to go hiking? Well, where would you, well, could you help us? I mean, I would like to get some people together. I, I'm not really sure where, where's the best place to go. Should we, I mean, should we drive all the way to Big Bear? Or like, you know, let people, if they plan it, they'll be there, right? Okay. Um, what are some other things that you guys have tried that you like for events or parties or other kinds of fun events that you found? You know, that was a crowd drawer. And again, it can be seven people doing something in your apartment. So, but what have you found seems to work with your friends?
advertise ahead oh we're gonna have a movie night we're gonna watch this or is it kind of friends getting together like hey what do you got let's put something on Netflix or I'm gonna probably about 50 50 sometimes it's a there's specific people if multiple people have mentioned to me that they want to see this movie it's like okay we're gonna plan tonight and watch the movie otherwise sometimes it's just like hey I want to have a movie night I have all these movies come over and we'll pick one pick a DVD okay good we do bonfires that seems to work Do you have like a like a, a country area that you can go out to and do that? Or? Yeah, uh, it's where our our Christian Challenge building is located. Uh, Forty years ago, I bought an outhouse, <laughs> and uh, this family has a farm 15 minutes from town. And I placed the outhouse in a wooded area, and we use that for our, our bonfires. Bonfires, I love it. Bonfires. <clears throat> the only building. We it's a two over. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you know, if you've got Super Bowl, Super Bowl party, if you've got uh, Academy Awards, you do the Academy Awards party. I mean, what's happening around you locally? When I lived in Spain, we did flamenco party because, I mean, hello, we're in Spain. And it was that season when people were going to this big... Um, like a fair, it's called Feria de Abril, like the April Fair, and so people wore their flamenco dresses. I mean, the girls looked awesome, and and we danced in the apartment. That was the only time that I did have the neighbor come up and said, "I have to be out early in the morning." It was Friday night. I have to be out early in the morning, and you know, and because of the way the dance is, you go bum 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 bum, and you're oh. like you have on high heels, and you're like bum 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 bum, and you're really stomping, and that's part of the the four parts to this dance did not go over well. And then they were like, oh, we'll switch to a different kind of dancing. And so I'm like, no, I, I think dancing is probably that floor. <laughs> tile floors, tile floors in Spain, the guy underneath, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is a really simple one, a hats party. Whatever you're doing, just tell everyone bring a hat. You know, and it's not really, it's sort of like a costume party so you can get really fun pictures that you switch around. But you know, your entrance fee is just a hat. And if some, again, if someone does bring a hat, do I have to dress up for Halloween? No, you don't have to dress up. You don't have to. You know, no, no one's ever made to do anything. But with just a hat, and then you can even make like a hat contest, and you bring a bunch of construction paper stuff, and we did it. We had people parade around their hats, and we judged the hats, and I mean, you have so much fun. And they would like name their hat. This is the Sailor Captain Crunch hat, da da da. And, you know, it's just, it was awesome. Um, but again, do I always mean like a theme party? No. Going out with friends, doing bowling, um, smaller parties, weekend excursions. What can go wrong? We mentioned alcohol earlier. Yes, too much alcohol can be bad. That can be wrong, where people start to get rude people there because sometimes people are coming and they've already been to another party and it's the weekend, or maybe it's not the weekend, maybe it's Wednesday night, but um, that can actually be a bad thing. Um, wrong music playlist. People are like, oh no, no, they, it's a Christian band and it's a rock band. I never have any Christian music at any event that's made that's made for non-believers to come. And actually, if I have something at my house and there's music playing and there's a Bible study happening at that time, it is not Christian music that I'm playing. I'm playing secular music. Why? I say secular. The fact that we even put names on it. I'm playing music that people might feel comfortable with or might have heard of. You know, did you recognize anything that I played earlier? Was there anything that you sort of recognized? 
Yeah. So the thing is, there's so many things that are formed about an environment. Just the name Christian Challenge, the name alone is a challenge, okay? So, and I like the name. I really like the name. But anything, you know, you just put the word Christian, we, whoa. You know, it's a miracle people even show up that are, that are NYC. So I want to do as many things as possible that they know that. That, oh, that's familiar to me. Okay, that's familiar to me. So whatever is neutral, it doesn't necessarily mean, Wow, you got to reach non-believers. You have to go to evil environments where they hang out. I don't have to go evil, but I don't have to go. So let's have it at the church building because I've been around. And say, oh, we can do this at the church. We can do the barbecue at the church. I'm like, why? Why? We don't need it at the church. Just so do something neutral that's a comfortable atmosphere for people. Um, so that's one of the things about music. The wrong playlist is like, no, 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 but it's but you can't even tell it's Christian music. I'm like, the word Jesus. If you throw that in every like five minutes, even. I'm sorry, I'm hearing blah, 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 put on a rap song, blah, 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 blah. I don't know, I hear the word Jesus. Bang, bang, big word, people notice it. So I would not put on Christian music. Um, surprise evangelism. I just heard about that today. Um, it was uh, Nicola telling me about something that happened in Germany. And the, the, the village that she's from, the people know each other, and they said, oh, I went to this one birthday party, and this Christian family... And they said, thanks for every, hey, I just want to thank everyone for being here. And that would be a, a very, that's a good German thing, you know, kind of formal thing. Everybody, thank you so much for coming today. And most of all, I want to thank Jesus for being here. And you think all it was was one sentence. She heard about it because, you know, neighbors tell neighbors, tell neighbors in this small town, I say village, you know. And it's like, and I want to thank Jesus for being here. Was that a whole big evangelism thing? Was that someone sharing their story of how they came to faith in Christ? No. But, oh, my goodness, major big mistake. So I have no surprise evangelism. But you go, oh, no, no, I really like that. You get people together. You have a barbecue. And then when somebody stands up and says, hey, everybody, you know, we have a minute here. We would like to hear how Amber found, you know, a new thing in her life. Amber, why don't you stand up and tell everybody? That, that's not what people are expecting. You know what I'm saying? That is not, is that what you're expecting at a party or a barbecue? You thought, I thought we were just having a barbecue. I didn't know we were having a program, you know? If you're going to have a program, you can do that. If you're like, no, no, we're going to have a program as part of this event, and someone's going to tell their story about how they came to Christ. You can do that at a dinner party. Say, we're going to have a dinner party, and then some, we're going to watch a movie about Jesus. We're going to have a dinner party, and someone's going to talk about what their faith means to them. You can do that, and that could be really successful and have a testimony. Only if you announce it ahead of time. So people need to know, if I signed up for a Halloween party, there's only a Halloween party. Okay? There's no surprises. That can go wrong. And this could go wrong. You go, well, I know so many people, and we have so many people on our Facebook list. Let's just put it on Facebook, which we do use Facebook a lot. And I don't really have any time to invite anybody personally or send any SMSs or whatever. That would be wrong because people really do need that, that individual touch. So it's good to have a group announcement or an email. Everybody, you know, this next month we're going to do this and this and this. But you really need to keep the personal thing of you call the person, you SMS, you email them. Hey, Sarah, are you going to get to come this weekend? I'd really love to see you. Okay. When does the party fulfill its purpose? The party fulfills its purpose if NYC friends are invited. But your believers come too. But if, if non-Christians come and Christians come, at least your core believers, then I feel like it's a successful party. Or at least I say they're invited. If they come, you can't always control them. But it is successful if you've at least invited a large number of people. Um, yeah, number two, the party fulfills its purpose if you connect the pawns. 
I'm going to talk to you about connecting the pines. This is just one of the best things I love. And we talk about this in our ministry. You know, we have this big lake out there here at Hume Lake. And just imagine Matthew 419. Can someone look that up or quote that for me? Matthew 419. I'm going to have some more verses for you in a minute, so you can go ahead and pull out your Bible if you've got one. Ah, I just got an extra one. Yeah, Matthew 4, 19. Jesus called out to him, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Okay, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. The cool thing about that is that Jesus is my teacher. And I have a big, big job to do. I have to follow Jesus. That is a big, big job. That is work. That is not always easy, but it's a privilege to get to follow Jesus. But the next part of the sentence says what he's going to do for me. He says, I will make you a fisher of people. I will make you a fisher of men. And that takes me, oh, I've got to work and work and work to figure out how to fish for people, how to, how to draw people, how to attract people to Jesus. He goes, I'll show you how to do that. You follow me. And it is not going to happen that people are not going to, through your life, be drawn to Jesus. Okay? I'm going to say that again. If I am following Jesus, I'm going to reach a conclusion. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this sentence around. Um, you philosophy, logic people can tell me what that is. I don't know what it is. But if you follow me, I will make you become fisher of men. So what I'm going to say is, when people are coming to Christ, if you are following, there will be people that will come to Christ in your team. Not alone. Remember, we're working with other people. You go, well, you know, I've never really seen someone come to faith. Have you been in a group? Have you served? Have you made things happen? Have you helped? Have you invited? Have you tabled? Have you had conversations with friends and you were one of the conversations and the people came to Christ? I hope so. And so as a team, we're going to find that people come to Christ as you and I follow Jesus. Are you, are you following? Do you have any questions at this point? Okay. All right. So these are my little fish and these are my pond. You've got different kinds of people. Now, some people would say, Martha, I know there are so many people out there that don't know Jesus, but they're not in my pond. I don't know them. Okay. So then I have to work on piggybacking going, um, Lindsay, would you have another one of those like little, you know, dinner party get together, movie night kind of things? Can you, you know, can I come and like meet some of like your friends? Like, you know, because I don't really have any friends right now. I don't know what happened. They graduated or whatever. You know, I want to meet some more non-believers or so you can piggyback on other people. But you need to have some people in your pond that you're praying for. And but what what happens is if you say, okay, Brittany, let's say this is Brittany's pond. Let's say this is Cody's pond. And let David's pond, okay. And let's say David says, I don't know, guys, I don't really know that many non-believers that I'm really on a friendship basis with, but I know three, and their names are. <laughs> and Cody says, well, I know two or three. And Brittany says, well, I know two or three. Hey, what about if we, like, pray, you know, in our group or as far as part of our discipleship, why don't we pray for each other's friends? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a list and I'm going to create a group list because then when we get together with our discipleship group or our, our Bible study, when just the believers come together, whatever, we're going to add and add and add names to a list that we're all praying for and that we can say, How, how's it going? In fact, in Germany, we have so creatively called this list D-Lista. 
It's just called the list because we noticed. And so then you would meet someone later and go, was that Carla? Was that the Carla from the list? That Carla? And you're like, yeah, that's the Carla I told you guys about like two months ago. Oh, that's the Carla from the list. She came to the party. And so we have real fun just praying for the list. So it, it has meaning. It's not just, you know, some piece of paper. And so we add to that each week as we're meeting people and praying for friends. And so then Cody's fishing, Brittany's fishing, David is fishing. But what are you going to do? Remember I said, if you're the only Christian that they know, and I've seen missionaries do that too, they'd be like, well, I run with this one dad. You know, his son goes to my son's school, and we run every week together. And there's this other family. We have them over for dinner. They have us over for dinner. And I go, wow, really cool. And then there's this other person I know here, you know, at this store. And da, 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 I'm, I'm talking with them about the Lord. I go, wonderful. And, and then how do you pull them all together? Well, I don't, you know, so I'm, I'm still talking to this one guy. We go running every week, and there's still this other family, and my, me and my wife, we hang out. And, then, and I'm realizing they're never grouping people. They're never teaming up. You've got to, if possible, help those people know other believers. And if you don't know any other believers, which I've had in Spain before, where you're like, I don't know any Spanish believers, well, then you group the non-believers together that are curious and open to spiritual things. So at least they know one other person that's as weird as you are that might be interested in spiritual things. Because sometimes they feel like they're the only one. So then you group the non-believers together. And so what you want to do is you connect the ponds. This is crucial. So what we'll say is, hey, we're going to have a crowd event. Let's connect the ponds. How can we connect our ponds, you know? So Lindsay and McKenna are like, hey, how can we connect our ponds? I don't know. What can we do, like, in the next month that we want to connect our ponds? So that just becomes part of our vocabulary that we say and mind you, when I say fish for men, Jesus used that term. He was talking to fishermen, right? So it's not a derogatory thing. That was the way they made their money. So we, we don't mean it in a way that's like, oh, I will catch you and you will be hooked in. And, you know, the other things that we kind of associate with that. These are people that that was just a way to explain to them that made sense, okay? You know, you're fishing. you got this one career. Your skills can be used to help people come to Christ. But it's not in a manipulative Let's just reel people in and hook them and, you know, and trick them. We're, we, we love people. You know, like John was saying today, he said, you know, you love people and use things. We're not trying to use people or manipulate them. So I want to just say that up front as well. Okay, so you're going to connect the ponds, and that is a really, that is when the party fulfills its purpose. Okay, NYC's friends are invited, but the core of your believers come as well. You're connecting the ponds, and you talk to people during the event. You don't just realize, so what I do is I work the room. Some people are the kind, they're like, I could sit there for an hour and just talk to that one girl on that couch for a whole hour and really get to know her life story. Sometimes that's a really good thing, and we've had you know, people that have the gift of that. They really don't want to work the room. The only thing I need to say to you, though, if you're in a leadership position, and you're, probably you might be a leader in your ministry, your, your director, your leader may say, I would love that luxury. Take that luxury later this week and get coffee with that guy. But right now, or go to a game or something with this person, but right now, there's like seven other people that I don't even know if anyone knows their name. And when we leave this party, we need to know, okay, there was a Jeff and there was a Daryl and there was a, you know, we need to know who those people are or get their, get their, their phone numbers so we can text them or call them later. So you want to you work the room in the sense of you don't want to have somebody that came to the party and they felt left out. 
What happens if people do sense, though, this openness? I, this one guy in Canada, I used to work in Canada, and he said, I used to go to this, this couple's home, and he said it was like jello love. You're just walking, this jello love. He came from a non-believing background, you know? It came to faith, got baptized, met, his, um, met a girl in our group, and, and they're both married now, you know? But I'll never forget him talking about jello love. So you really want people to sense acceptance. It doesn't mean that they necessarily have to meet 10 people at the party, but they need to feel connected with people, okay? So that would help uh, fulfill the purpose. And then lastly, give an opportunity to sign up for more info. That's another thing I've seen people make a mistake. They were like, wow, this person came, this person came, or we had, oh, they were really cool. Wow, I, really, I hope they'll come back. So how will they get invited back? Oh, did anyone get their info? Did they sign up on a, was there a little slip by the, by the door? Was there a slip for people to sign up if they do want info? I don't know. I thought that slip, that sounded kind of mechanical. I, I didn't really want to show them a little slip. Okay, we'll do it the relational way. So you got their name. You're like your Facebook buddies with them now? No, I don't really know their last name. But, well, how will they come? I don't know. Maybe they'll see us at our next table. So, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, oh, bummer. We kind of dropped the ball. So you need to have some way that you're thinking strategically, how can I get some information if they want to give it? And I'll say, uh, and sometimes I was like, if you'd like, you can give us some information, your email, phone number, whatever. We can, you know, we'll send you more updates about, about events going on. Um, and sometimes to give them an out, you know, just an out so they don't feel like they have to say no. Or I'll say, or, you know, you can check our Facebook page and you can see other stuff going on. And, I mean, usually when they come, mostly in my circles, when they come, they know somebody. And we do have people that we invite, you know, from a table or, or flyers on campus or gummy bear, gummy bear packets attached to to flyers, but a lot of time it's 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 through a relationship. Okay, and you want to help the event lead to students coming here. So my crowd event is also successful when I see a good ratio between guy and girl. So I always we always list the names. We count how many came. I don't keep a lot of stacks, but that's one thing I do. I count, you know, all the names of the people that came, and I count believers and non-believers. I want to have a good ratio between believers and non-believers. 50 would be awesome if you had 50-50. If you had 20% non-believers and 80% believers, that wouldn't be, I wouldn't call that, for me, that wouldn't be a success. I would go, wow, we need to, we need to change something. We've got too many believers hanging around here for a Christian club. We don't, we don't want that. We want non-believers coming around events. And if it's a good ratio between guy and girl, because in, in some Christian circles or churches, there's a heavy ratio of women. So if I see, you know, like, 60% women or 70% women, I'm like, uh, no, that's because, you know, a guy walks into a thing and he's, he's immediately, I mean, he likes girls, but he also wants to not know, I'm going to the girly event, you know, he wants guys to be around. So I always look guy-girl, guy-girl ratio and believers and non-believers. Okay. Um, but I want this event to help lead people to this next stage. I want to invite so from my crowd events, I want to have some way to invite people to the small groups. It should not be a secret that we have these ongoing groups every week that they can go to. Okay. And then, like I said, a key thing is, so what, how will you get together with that person later in the week and go out for coffee or hang out with them or invite them to something else at your dorm that you're thinking, okay, I met him there, but now it is time for the one-hour conversation, the gospel appointment or whatever. So how can I really be a friend to them and not just... I met four people or ten people at the party. All right, that's a lot. I can share some more, but I really want to get to some of your questions.
We do, we do about um, three a semester. We do the start of the semester one, the end of the semester one, again, if it's a party or a barbecue or whatever, but as far as everyone's invited, first of the semester, last of the semester. The first of the semester, we often do two or three events. We'll be like, because maybe once a party and once we're all gonna go to this pub and we go to a pub and it's really successful. And that has no theme at all, it's just, but some people, that's what they know. I go to the pub, that's where I feel comfortable. And um, yeah, or we'll do bowling or something. So not all of them are something you have to pull off. Um, but we'll do, the first of the semester, we'll probably do about you know two or three to get the ball rolling. And then we'll always do a middle of the semester something that could be, it could be everybody come or it could just be each small group does one. So, because the way it actually works out, you know how you say every three, three or four weeks you do something, well by that time that is kind of the thing. Um, and then sometimes we have a team come from America and if the team comes then we do like every night. Like in January we just had, every night we had something. But I mean one night was Bible studies. But you know, there was something every night, bowling, party, go to the cafe, there was something every night that week. It's kind of a blitz week. Did that answer your question? Yeah. What, or what other ideas do you have that you, that you guys can share with, with a group of stuff that you've seen work? We have a lot of game nights. Um, there's Good. a 24 hour donut shop in Chico, and so we go and we kind of take over the donut shop for a while <laughs> and play a bunch of games, so it's kind of fun. Do you, do you advertise it? You, or is it kind of like the official Christian Challenge going to games night, or you just kind of get the word out to people? Very cool. And that can work really well because you're sitting there with, you know, 30 minutes to two hours with the same six people or whatever playing cards or doing something where you are going to interact more. We're planning a uh, thrift store prom in April. Uh, what? Oh, thrift store prom. That is great. And everyone's supposed to dress up, can have contests. I don't know, it's not my idea, so. <laughs> Students seem to like the idea. Yeah. This, this, reflects, uh, this reflects three things in our ministry, this, this upside down triangle. It's about people. Our ministry is about people, it's not about programs. So did you notice I mentioned programming things that you do at these levels? But the whole thing is the idea of getting people to move toward, toward discipleship, toward following Christ, toward being in the Bible, toward discipleship. It's about people. It's not about programs. Um, and the commitment level is higher, and so or their interest has to be higher. So that's why, again, that's why there's less people. You do have to have leaders, though. You need leaders. You don't need a bunch, but you need some, whether it's a ministry team, a fewer people of your student key leader ministry team, and your staff. You need a few, but you need them. And if you want to, if you want to increase this, at a certain point you reach a saturation stage. You've got to increase. You've got to increase here too. And this is a little bit of a behind-the-scenes strategy thing. But if you're like, man, you know, we, we have about 80 people that come around to events in a semester. We have about 80 different people come around to an event. We can't. We're not getting any more people come to events. Not any more than 80. At some point, you've got to have more people that are in your discipleship group to help feed the ministry or more interns. So you're going to have to increce down here to be able to handle. Otherwise, you're going to have some 
lopsided thing here, and then there's no follow-up. There's no real life on life. You just have to do this. And so, I mean, you, you could maybe max that out more, but you just won't be able to get people in the body to study. So that's the second reality about this. It's about people. you got to have leaders. And it's easier to make friends than to make disciples. So, yeah. We can make a lot of friends. That's why this is bigger. It's easier to make friends than to make disciples. And we really are wanting to make disciples, not just stop with, hey, we know a lot of people. I want to share a couple verses with you, too. Oh, Cody, yeah. more specific like, so I really want to enter like, into what other questions would you guys give him to help him think through that or what ideas do you have he's let's just take that one scenario you're playing basketball every Tuesday night with a bunch of guys how can it not just stop at, I meet these guys every Tuesday night, and that's it? Because that's what you're really asking. You're, you're asking, I met these guys playing basketball. How will they come to Christ and be a disciple? Yeah, really. That, see, that's what we're asking. It's not about the program. It's not about challenge. It's not about how do I get them. It's about, I met these people playing basketball. Challenge is only putting structure to helping people become a disciple. So really, that's what we're asking. How can these buddies of mine, how can they come to know Christ? Do you play with them more than once, or this you just pick up? Uh, well, I'm really asking this really specific, and I'm just going to go play with them once. And I did get there, and I did get his phone number. Um, Invite him over to watch uh, the Final Four or March Madness and say, hey, I've got some tacos or something. I can get rid of going home and watch the Final Four with me. Do you have any roommates that want to come and just host a little private party around basketball? Okay. Because you got to hurry with these things. That's pretty sad. <laughs> so, like, you know, so try to have a, like, a small party where I can, like, maybe invite, like, one or two people over. Uh, yeah. Maybe invite, I can try to invite some other, like, people that I know that aren't Christians. Here's Cody. Here's your guys playing basketball. So who are you going to connect ponds with? Who would click with them? Yeah. And I don't take it a bad way that someone go, uh, and I'll say, so who could meet your friend? And I'm, sometimes I'm thinking that I want them to go, you, Martha, you really <laughs> need to meet my friend. And they don't. They'll go, I think, I think Henning would be really good. You're thinking, he really would be. <laughs> so you really are trying to think it's not, because that's the, that's the point. When you're not doing a huge everyone come event, then you are really trying to think who would click with these guys. And like you say, it's a basketball thing, not everybody wants basketball. So who would click, who would you want to connect ponds with and do something? We call them, uh, there's connection events, 
formal events and there's informal events that we, we sh we're talking about it in our group, but it's not a, really a connection. A connection's the name of our ministry. It's not a challenge event, yeah. but uh, if you're having a birthday party, Brittany, I think a lot of your friends from Challenge will come, and I hope a lot of your friends from classes will come, you know, because your birthday party. So we're talking it up in the group, hey, you know, wow, everyone's going to Brittany's party, but it's not, it's not on Facebook, it's not our event, but I mean, obviously, it's a way that we're, we're still thinking connecting the ponds. That's a very good question. Let me share with you just a couple verses um, that just was interesting for me, just a run of verses um, about, and we're going to finish, that Jesus hung out in everyday situations, and there was a lot of food going on. You know, and we mentioned food. It's just one ingredient, but even Brent just said, oh, tell him you got some, you know, some tacos or something. Another thing I like is that Mexican salad, because everybody brings a part of the Mexican taco salad, and you bring the sour cream, and you bring the shredded cheese, and you bring the lettuce, and you bring the tomatoes, you bring the, and then you really do need everybody. They really have to come once they've said they're going to come. Um, everyday situations with meals, uh, Mark 2, 15 through 17, they, Jesus was, and this is more than one place, Jesus was eating with tax collectors and sinners. Oh, my gosh, he's terrible. He's eating with sinners, you know, and he said, oh, it's, I haven't called the righteous, but sinners. Breakfast with Jesus, he made breakfast with the disciples, John 21, 12. Mary and Martha, it doesn't say food. We always think it's food. It doesn't say food, but it said they had guests and she was busy preparing. This is Luke 10, 40. I'm thinking Martha was preparing food. Maybe she was getting the mattresses ready for all the disciples to sleep over. I'm not sure, but I think there was probably food involved with the preparations. The 5,000, the feeding of 5,000, what was he doing? He was preaching. He was preaching. He was teaching a bunch of people, and it was like, Speaking, There was something gospel-oriented going on, and one of the places for that is Luke 9, 13. And he said to the disciples, uh, yeah, they're hungry, so you give them something to eat. You know, Luke uh, in Luke 9. Uh, the 72 were sent out in Luke 10, 5 through 9. The 72 were sent out two by two. And Jesus said, hey, when you go into a city in Luke 10, you know, look for a place to stay and eat and drink what they give you. Again, assume you're sitting around, you're having meals with these people. There's a lot to do with meal times. And then uh, the last one I, I looked at was Luke 19, 5 through 7. Luke 19, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. It doesn't say they were sitting in a meal, but we always kind of have that image. You know, he says, hey, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. And then they're having this conversation. I just imagine they're sitting around the evening. You know, they've got the dips and chips going or... I don't know, they're having their coffee after their meal, and then he says, you know what, I'm going to give away all this money, you know, that I stole from people. There's, I just imagine food or drink or something with that. And so I just thought it was interesting how much the Bible talks about Jesus in meal environments. And uh, I say you always want to have food with everything, and you, you advertise what food you're going to have. So it's not just, oh, and by the way, I made these really cool muffins. It's like, no, I advertise, I'm going to make the pumpkin uh, macadamia nut muffins when you guys come and people are like oh I wonder what those taste like the macadamia nut pumpkin muffin you know or I would or you can have oh we're just having spaghetti everyone's just we do this a lot by the way we have spaghetti parties pasta parties and everyone brings a sauce do you do this too everyone brings a sauce or pasta and then of course if I'm hosting it I might go okay you know a couple people you bring a salad you bring a dessert but then you always have enough food. So you we do this when we have group, when we have teens come from America. We'll advertise, you know, no pasta with pasta evenings. No pasta with pasta. No pasta with pasta evenings. 
And we'll say people, I and mean, we have no idea how many people are going to show up. But we just say, you know, here's these addresses. You can show up at any one of these three or four locations. But whatever you do, should I bring anything? Always tell people they need to bring something because they want to be belong before they believe, right? It's not like, oh no, we've got it covered. We have sponsors that want to pay your way to heaven. No, everyone's, you're a person, you are an adult. You can bring something, you want to, you want to contribute. You don't want people to make you a project and feel like, oh, you're so poor, you have to, you know, no. So um, you have, everyone brings a pasta or everyone brings a sauce and then you get it together and you know, I always, make sure we have a little bit of extra and then whatever you've got you go oh what do you got I don't know make something yeah oh I brought onions and I brought da 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 cool yeah here's the kitchen go for it people just start kind of mixing in cooking or someone says oh well could someone else make it but I brought this pasta sure we'll put it in and you just kind of keep the evening flowing and it's not like you don't wait to eat after it's all done you just you know it's hey the first batch is ready who wants some people are talking you have paper plates they're eating hey I think should we put on some more I don't know I think we're running out of sauce, or we're running out of sauce. Who wants to make some more sauce? You know, so it's a really easy way to host something and get everyone involved, and you always have enough. So I love the pasta, pasta eatings. Well, it's guys, better to have too much than not enough. Yes, yes, and that's why if you are hosting, then you you it, especially with that pasta part, you can always have extra pasta, and if you don't use it, I don't pull it out unless it's needed. Because I don't want to go like, great that you guys brought something. I already have like my, my cupboard full of all this stuff because I thought maybe people would be lame and not remember stuff, you know. But I have it just in case you run out, you know. But I don't pull it all out. Well, thanks guys so much. And I just want you to Facebook me and write me and tell me about all the fun events that you've done and give me creative <laughs> ideas for Germany and Spain. And um, just wish God's blessing on the rest of your evening. Thanks. <laughs>